Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. It's my privilege to share with you this morning from God's Word uh, some things about how to actually live in God's promise. How do you live your life wrapped up in God's purpose? And, and you're going to find, I'm going to interchange and link up this idea of promise and purpose together. Because promise is never, God's promise is never divorced from his purpose. His promises are about fulfilling his purpose. And so let's take a look in the life of Abraham. Uh, if you have your Bible, that is in Genesis. Um, his story starts in chapter 12. We're going to focus on some verses in chapter 15. But in the background, there was this man named Abram, and he was living a life kind of like you and I would want to live. He had his, his wife, his extended family, his household in a place called Ur, and the Lord spoke to him. The Lord interrupted his life and his routine and said, leave your country, leave your household, your father's family, and go to the place that I haven't shown you yet, but as you go, I will end up showing you. And Abram obeyed, he believed God, he obeyed, and he went. And many of us, I hope, I hope each of us, has made a response like that to the good news of Jesus Christ. Because each of us, should have a time where we say to the Lord, Lord, my life I place in your hands, just as we were singing together. Lord, whatever you want for me, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. And for Abram, it's a big step. He left his father's family. He left the country and the culture that he was native to and that he was familiar with. And he headed off to a different place, a different land, not knowing where that was going to take him or what, what that was going to end up doing to change his life. Now, after he'd done that, well, a bunch of things happened. And we'll pick up the story in chapter 15. Chapter 15, verse 1 says this. After this... The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. That's quite a promise. I mean, you think about that. God himself shows up and says to you personally, you don't have to worry about anything. I've got your back. I mean, the scripture says, I am your shield. Right? But God's saying, I'm your protector, I'm your provider, and I am your very great reward. Abram, you don't have to worry about a thing because you have me. Is that a good promise? It is. It's an amazing thing for God to say. But take a look at Abram's response, starting in the next verse. Verse 2 says, But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me? Since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. 
That's quite a dynamic, isn't it, between Abram and God? God's saying, Abram, you don't have to worry about anything because I'm your everything. And Abram's saying, no, you're not, Lord. You're not good enough because you haven't given me what I want. Lord, what can you give me since you haven't given me the one thing that I've had my heart set on for all these years? Lord, you're saying you're my reward, but you're not good enough for me because there's something else I want even more than you that you haven't given me yet. You know, we can do the same thing. Is the Lord enough for you? If you really had God say, you don't have to worry about anything because you have me, would you be satisfied? Or is there something else that your heart is stuck on that if God doesn't give you, even God himself won't be enough? It can happen. You know, we have all kinds of dreams in our own heart. And that's the case for Abram. He said, okay, I'm going to follow you. I'll go wherever you say to go. I'll do whatever you say to do. But Abram had his own dream. He had his own idea. There was a thing he wanted for his life. And boy, if God didn't give that to him, it seemed like nothing else would be enough. And here's the truth, friends. We need to trade our own dreams for God's purposes for our lives. Because if we hold our dream as a higher priority than the purpose of God, then nothing God does for you will ever be enough for you. Now, it doesn't mean the dream's a bad thing. For Abram, wanting a son wasn't sinful. It wasn't a bad thing for him to want. We're going to find out it was part of God's plan, purpose, and promise for his life as well. But we've got to get our priority right. And we have to be willing to trade our dream for God's promised purpose for our lives. Take a look at the next, let's take a look at the next verse. It says in verse four, the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. Isn't that the goodness of God? He says, Abram, I already know what you want. Abram, I've already heard your prayer. Don't get stuck on not having it yet because it will happen. Do you see that? But God's not done in his interaction with Abram. After saying that, verse 5 says, he took him outside. Who took who? We got two he's. Who took whom? God took Abram outside and said to him, look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. God, God took him outside. I'm not quite sure how God took him outside. But maybe you and I need a dose of that as well. To like Abram, come out of the box of our own thinking. To come out of the rigidity of thinking we've got it figured out the way it has to be and the only way it can be. And just let God say, just would you step outside and lift your eyes? Could you just... Open your eyes and see that the purpose of God is so much bigger than your own dream. Because Abram's dream, it's very simple. He wants a son. Abram's dreaming about a son. But God is thinking nations. And Abram needs to step outside and lift his eyes. 
And I want to encourage you. If you're trapped in the box of your own dream, let God bring you outside and lift your eyes and see how great his purpose and promise really is. I mean, listen to this. Look at the heavens and count the stars if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. You know, you can't see very many stars really here in Northwest Indiana. I mean, there's so much light that it drowns out most of the stars. But in the village where you helped build the church building, when we were out there, it happened to be during the new moon. There wasn't any moonlight, zero. And it was and there hadn't been rain for a couple months, and so there weren't any clouds either. But oh, there were stars. Oh, there were stars. In fact, the stars, you, of course you can't count them, but it was stars like you've never seen stars growing up in this country. Even when, I go to the, when I've been to the Rocky Mountains and up at elevation, somehow, I don't know, maybe I didn't catch the day right or there was moonlight, I felt like I'd never seen so many stars as I saw out in Nahubwe. Part of it was I had never realized how bright starlight can be. We could see our shadow from the starlight. Sometimes you need to step outside and lift your eyes and remember that God's purpose is much bigger than your dream. Let me say it differently. Your dream is too small. Abram, you're dreaming about a son, but God is thinking nations. And verse 6 says, Abram believed the Lord, and it was credited to him as righteousness. There was a transaction of faith that happened. Abram's heart got unstuck for a moment as he said, okay, God, I don't see it happening yet, but I'm going to trust you that you have this bigger purpose than my own dream." I'm going to elevate my thinking from just being hung up on having one son and I'm going to reach for the nations. Do you see that? Abram believed God. That's called faith, isn't it? And it was credited to him as righteousness. And I challenge you today to be bold in embracing a bigger purpose in God than your own personal dream. But watch out for this. Watch out for this because Abram set out to make it happen in the only way he could figure out. He came back inside from his look at the heavens experience. He came back inside to figure out himself how he was going to make his dream a reality. Chapter 16 shows us how he did that. Verse 1 of chapter 16 says this. It says, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And uh, verse 5 tells us, no, excuse me, verse 4 tells us, he slept with Hagar and she conceived. Listen, if we keep holding on to our own dream as a higher priority than God's purpose, we start doing things we've got no business doing to try to get it. You know your dream is out of place, it's out of priority order when you're willing to do just about anything to get it. God 
cannot be just your backup plan. You can't reduce God to being the fulfiller of your personal dreams. You've got to give yourself to living for him. Because Abram Abram was able to conceive a child. Uh, the, The boy had a name. He's called Ishmael. And Ishmael represents the fruits of Abram's own efforts. Ishmael is the son he conceived in his own ability. Ishmael is not the result of the promise of God and the supernatural working of God. Abram, Ishmael is what Abram could get done for himself. And there's a sense in which Abram was able to get the monkey off his back and prove that it wasn't his fault by sleeping with his wife's maidservant to have the baby. You see, if, if you start living in a way that's based on having something to prove, it's going to make trouble for your life. See, Abram's name, when we translate it to English, it actually means exalted father. So that's a bit of a monkey to have on your back for your whole life. You know, you go around, your name is dad, your name is father, you know, and you don't have anything to show for it. You know, everybody who knows you is... Uh, if they dare, they're making jokes about your name and the fact that you don't have any kids. It's not surprising that he'd be a little stuck on it. You know, I mean, it's, it must have been as bad as being a Cubs fan uh, or worse for, oh, sorry, excuse me, uh, that, you know, that he's walking around with the name but no fruit for it. Well, now, because he was able to get Hagar pregnant, he can show it wasn't my fault The problem wasn't with me. You see, it's because of her. God, things aren't going well, but it's not my fault. It's all these people I have to work with. You know, if my boss were just better at work, well then, things would go so much better for my career. You can do it in church, you know. It's not my fault that the church isn't responding during worship. It's these other people I have to play with. And division can set in in a team where God, where God is joined. Don't let having something to prove start to separate that. If your kids are misbehaving, don't start blaming your spouse. You're a team. God's called you to work together to raise them up. It's not her problem. It's our problem. Amen? Now, for Abram, he ends up with what we might call the leftovers in Ishmael. Because the dream is what's left when we've reduced the promise to what we think we can accomplish ourselves. Now, if you look with me at the end of chapter 16, the beginning of chapter 17, we'll see the last verse of chapter 16, 16 verse 16 says, Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. The next verse says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord came knocking again. The Lord appeared to him again. So there's a 13-year gap between when Ishmael is born and when God comes and revisits Abram. And God revisits Abram with his original promise again. Now, something's been happening during these 13 years. Abram's been getting older. God watched while Abram tried to achieve his own dream, succeeded in getting a son through his wife's maidservant. I think God said, we need to do some waiting here. And so God waited and Abram grew older. 
And God waited, and Abram grew older. And God waited, and Abram grew still older. And as he grew older, certain parts didn't work as well anymore as they had when he was younger. And God kept waiting until Scripture says Abram's body was, quote, as good as dead. And there was no Viagra or Cialis available. But they reached a point where Abram was incapable in his own ability of achieving the promise of God for his life. Look, you may have worked and worked and strived for years trying to make it happen. But God comes back to Abram and he hasn't changed his promise. He hasn't changed his purpose. He says, look, the way you went about it before, that wasn't really what I had in mind. Let's talk again about my original promise and purpose. And God appears to him and he he makes the promise again. And uh, if you take a look in verse 15 through 16, it says, God also said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you're no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. The promise is a son from not just your body, but from your covenant partnership with your own wife is going to bring this promise of nations. Now, that's a a beautiful renewal of the promise. But here's Abram's response to God renewing that promise. He says in verse 18, Oh God, if only Ishmael will live under your blessing. God, why are you talking to me about starting over again? Won't you just bless what I already have? For 13 years, Abram has been living in the complacency of thinking he's already got what God wants for him. Abram didn't think there was anything wrong with Ishmael. He loved Ishmael. He was delighted with Ishmael. Ishmael was his dream come true. But it wasn't God's dream come true for him. But Abram, Abram had been praying passionately, desperately for that son for, I don't know how long, 40 years maybe. But when Ishmael came along, he was content. No more fasting No more nights calling out to God. He's already got what he was hoping for. And he settled into a spiritual complacency on this issue. But God wasn't done with him. What he had already achieved was not where God wanted him to stay. And when God came back, it wasn't a welcome knock at his spiritual door. It wasn't a welcome re-encounter because it was going to mean for Abraham a starting over, a transition, a change that he hadn't been asking God for, that he hadn't been calling out to God for. Since some of us, earlier in your life when you were younger, you were calling out to God about him doing great things through your life. And you've managed to settle into feeling like what you're doing now must be what God intends. Let God come knocking again to stir you up again in the areas you used to be praying about that you've stopped praying about anymore because you think that season is past. Don't get stuck on just asking God to bless what you already have. Don't confuse the blessing God's given you with the fullness of his purpose 
for your life. We need to trade our dreams for God's purpose, for his promise. And remember, our dreams are too small. God has something much bigger in mind. And the Holy Spirit is calling us into his bigger promises instead of our own smaller dreams. Now, there's another transaction that needs to happen for it to become a reality in our lives. Remember, it starts with believing God. But there's a change of identity, something that has to happen in our own mindset as well. And we find that here in chapter 17 in verse 5. It says this, God's speaking to Abram and he says, No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. It's just a subtle change to the name, but it's a very significant change. Abram means exalted father. Abraham means father of nations. And moving into God's purpose as a higher priority than our dreams involves a change of identity for us. It's too small a thing to think only of what we're going to achieve in our own lifetime. This new identity that God gave Abram of being Abraham is something that Abraham could not see the fruit of in his own lifetime. I mean, think about it. He could see if you will, if you think of the fruit of being Abram, exalted father, all it takes is one baby and and you're there. And so he'd achieved Abram, exalted father. But father of nations doesn't happen in a single generation. It doesn't happen in his own lifetime. And here's a reality for us as believers in Christ. Our identity is found in our future, not in our present. Our identity is rooted in God's promise, not in our own achievements. Our identity is not found in what we achieve in our lifetime, but in God's promise for generations. Our identity is inseparably rooted in the promised purpose of God. That the nations, the very earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. That in all the nations of the earth, men and women will cry out praise to Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. Abram, your dream is about a son, but my purpose is that you're father of nations. That's your identity. Friends, it's too small a thing for you to think just of what you'll achieve for God or on your own in your lifetime. You're part of a bigger family and you're part of a bigger promised purpose because that promise to Abraham is still happening through our own lives in our lifetime and our children's lifetime and if the Lord delays through our children's children's lifetime. And it's too small a thing for you to think of yourself just as part of Mercy Hill Church because there's a larger identity of a family of churches in LifeLink Chicago and globally that you're part of as you're rooted in here. Don't let yourself get squeezed into a box that's limited to your own life in your lifetime. Step outside. Look at the stars. And let your identity, how you think of who you are, find its rooting in God's purpose and promise. One reality is that purpose is fulfilled in covenant partnerships. It's not just Abram having his own son. It's Abram and his wife together. The promise of God is something you can't accomplish by yourself. 
Oh, you may be able to construct ministries. You may be able to do all kinds of things on your own. But God's purpose for you is to be properly rooted and joined into this family of God called the church where your gifts and your talents and your contributions will be fruitful for generations to generations. Now, there's one last piece here that we'll take a quick moment to look at, and it's this. In chapter 22, we find that God comes calling again. The child of promise has been born, has been growing. His name is Isaac. And God comes back to Abraham and asks Abraham to offer back to God the very part of the promise that he's already received. And the Lord speaks to him and says, verse 2 of chapter 22, Then God said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and take him up on the mountain and offer him there as a sacrifice. And Abram trusted the Lord enough to early the next morning set out to do exactly that. God is very willing to call us to give back to him what we've already received from him. Look, there's two places you can get stuck in your relationship with the Lord that we're seeing here. The first is like Abram saying, God, what can you give me? You haven't given me the thing that I want so much. And you can be stuck in your relationship with God because you feel like he's not giving you what you asked him for. But it's also possible that you can hold on too tight to what the Lord has given you. And God calls us to offer back to him everything we have, including everything we've received from him. And so we have to lay down our dreams. We also have to give back to him the part of the promise that we've already received. And here's a promise about the promise. God's promise is a resurrection promise. Abram believed, he trusted God enough to know that even if God took away the peace of the promise that it seemed like everything else would depend on because you notice he said, your son, your only son, Isaac. If Isaac is gone, how do you have the next generation and the next generation? And how are we ever going to get to stars you know, in the sky? But Abram knew that God could raise that dream from the dead. And he trusted God and was willing to move forward. And the Lord provided a miraculous way. And that's true for our lives as well. God calls us to live by faith to offer back to him everything that he's given us. Not only must we not get stuck on what we feel like he's withheld from us, but we also can't hold on tight to the things he's given us. He calls us to offer it to him. And we do that because we're following his own son, his only son, whom he offered as a sacrifice for us. Just as God said to Abram, take your son, your only son that you love, and offer him as a sacrifice God the Father sent his son Jesus to earth, his only begotten beloved son, to give his life on the cross so that through his death we'd have life, through his punishment we'd have forgiveness and can call God our Father and know him by faith. And that is good news, that the God who, has, who gives, who leads, who calls, who challenges, who calls us to give him everything, Himself is everything for us. Can we pray together? Let's pray. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters this morning, Lord. For anyone here, Lord, who's been saying to you, God, why haven't you given me what I've asked for? Father, I pray you draw near right now. 
And Father, as you both readjust our priorities, Father, that you would also reconfirm that you hear the cry of our hearts. God, we thank you that you are a God who answers when we call to you. Father, we right now, we say, Lord, be in the first place in our own hearts. Father, forgive us where we have expected you to be the, the one who fulfills our dreams. Lord, help us to grab hold of your purpose with all of our hearts. And Lord, where we've been, been complacent in continuing to pursue you and to seek first your kingdom, Lord, we ask for your grace to renew that as the passion of our own hearts today. And Lord, in the areas that you're asking us to lay things down, to honor you and follow you, Lord, we give you our heart, soul, mind, and strength in every way today in Jesus' name. Amen.